This is a hypothetically great podcast. This is Tech News for MBAs. I'm Paul Canetti. It is Friday, October 21st, 2022. We've got to talk about Ye, the artist formerly known as Kanye West. For some context here, I am a major Kanye West fan, not an old Kanye fan. I blasted Donda 2 in the car with my kids. I have a stem player. I'm all in on Yeezy. I love everything he's ever put out in his music. But we've got to talk this week about the things he's been saying, the things he's been doing, and the company he's attempting to buy is Parler. You might not have been around in January of 2021, but that's when this podcast launched, and our very first episode was about Parler. In the aftermath of the insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th of that year, we talked about Trump's being deplatformed from Twitter and Facebook, et cetera, and then about Parler. And Parler was this, you know, sort of right wing Twitter equivalent or whatever. And not only was it yanked off of the Apple App Store and the Android, you know, Google Play Store, but it was also kicked off cloud providers like AWS. I'd never even heard of that where basically the entire tech world shunned them. And it's very hard these days to maintain an app if you don't have access to basic cloud services from you know AWS, Google Cloud, Microsoft Azure, etc. But somehow Parler, which uh, you know is funded by Rebecca Mercer, among others, has managed to survive. And now, yay, is looking to acquire Parler. I and mean, it looks like it's going to happen. So that's this week's headline. This is obviously of a piece with some other headlines that we've been discussing this year. So let's get into it. Kanye West, after being kicked off of Twitter and Instagram, announces that he will acquire social media platform Parler. So what happens when you are a billionaire, an outspoken billionaire, and you get kicked off of your favorite social tools? Well, you just think, well, I don't need yours. I'll just buy my own. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. First, we had Donald Trump booted off the standard internet tools. He launches Truth Social, a new Twitter competitor. Then we have Elon Musk, who has not been kicked off Twitter or anywhere else, although recently with his comments about Ukraine, he is getting more and more controversial. And some would say, dangerous when he's talking about things like nuclear war, and he's a very influential figure. He thinks that Twitter, of course, is overly censored, and so he wants to just buy Twitter, right? He doesn't need to go build his own because he's rich enough to just buy it. 
And then we have Parler. Parler was created as this sort of sanctuary for right wing folks, although they would claim it's neutral politically. It's just a free speech platform. And so Kanye West, of course, not only is going there because he's been kicked off the rest of the Internet, but he thinks, well, I'll just buy it. Right. I can't be deplatformed from something that I own. And there is a desire when you are rich and powerful and a man, I should add, to be sort of above the law, as it were. And I don't mean the literal law, although I'm sure that's a conversation we could have, but more above the rules and regulations and policies that uh, the rest of us need to adhere to. And the only way to really be uncensorable is to have an audience that you can interact with directly without an intermediary. This is why things like podcasts are so powerful or email newsletters. And until recently, I think how we thought about social media too, right? Instead of publishing through a magazine or through a newspaper, even through a popular website, you could go straight to your audience. The thing is on social media, you don't really own that audience any more than, you know, an author who's writing an opinion piece for the New York Times owns the New York Times subscribers, right? There's still an intermediary, even if that intermediary is a platform like Twitter or Instagram. So anyway, I think that there's something really interesting there. And of course, there's a lot to say about decentralized alternatives, which is why Web3 is so interesting. Obviously, something that I'm very, very fascinated with is the idea of a centerless or disintermediated platform. Farcaster is maybe the most popular Twitter alternative in the Web3 world, which they say is sufficiently decentralized. But the idea is that it can't really be censored because it's owned and maintained by the community. That's sort of a central tenant of Web3. The other way is just to own the whole thing, right? So you say, no, no, it's totally centralized. It's just I'm the center. Well, that sounds like the exact sort of thing that someone like Kanye West, Elon Musk, or Donald Trump would be into. And what's really interesting also is that Kanye West is saying that traditional social media platforms are not a safe place for conservative viewpoints. But I want to be clear, like his viewpoints are not conservative. They're anti-Semitic and deranged. And in no uncertain terms, I condemn what he has said and all other like <laughs> normal humans should be condemning what he is saying. These are not Republican viewpoints. These are straight up anti-Semitic viewpoints, claims about, you know, slavery being a choice that black people made and all sorts of other inflammatory things that he's said over the years. And as we've discussed on this podcast, like a platform like Twitter, they have every right to remove whoever they want, whenever they want. It's a private company. They can do whatever they want. Your free speech is not protected unless you are out uh, in a public space. The government cannot censor you, but private companies can censor you. Sure, of course they can. But if you own the company, then probably you won't be censored by it. So it's actually a pretty decent strategy, except that nobody is on Parler, right? He's hoping, I think, that he can take his millions of fans with him over there. But I think what is more likely to happen is that there's just an even more robust echo chamber happening within the walls of an app like Parler, where people start to feel like that is the entire reality. And of course, we are all guilty of this within our own social feeds, whatever tool we use, right? We think that 
the whole world is our feed, but it's actually not. It's a tiny subset of a subset of a subset of highly curated voices. And typically we are curating and the algorithms are curating those to match our own opinions about the world. And what we don't like is to be exposed to the reality that other people might think differently. Um, with traditional sorts of debates on topics, that makes sense. But when someone is really saying hateful things, violent things, destructive things, that is a tricky line for these platforms to walk. And so this all reminds me of a trend we saw a few years ago and have seen over many decades, which is very, very rich people buying up newspapers. I'm thinking of Jeff Bezos with The Washington Post. I'm thinking of Mark Benioff buying Time. I'm thinking of all of the major newspapers and media brands in the United States being owned by very rich families. Fox News being owned by Rupert Murdoch, et cetera, et cetera. And this kind of just is following suit, isn't it? Like that's media being owned by billionaires. This is social media being owned by billionaires. Like it kind of, I don't know. It's just kind of makes sense in a weird way. Jeff Bezos would say that the reason he wants to be the sort of benefactor of a newspaper like the Washington Post is so that they are not beholden to other financial incentives that they can really get to the truth of the matter. But I think a more cynical view is that he wants to control a major media source. And with social media, it's kind of the same. So like Kanye West or even Donald Trump and Elon Musk with Twitter, they will all say something to the same effect, right? Like, I'm doing this not to protect myself, but to protect everybody, to ensure that speech has a safe home and that the truth will be spoken. It's literally called truth social, right? But in actuality, they're creating a sanctuary for themselves uh, in the process. And so I don't really know what there is to do about this. Parler honestly will be lucky if somebody buys it, Kanye or otherwise, because from what I can tell, it's doing terribly financially. The last I read, you know, they're generating something like $6 million a year, and that's just not sustainable for a business like that. I do not want to make any comparison between Kanye and Jay-Z as far as their, you know, views or rhetoric, but it reminds me also a little bit of when Jay-Z founded Tidal, right? An alternative music distribution platform because he felt like Spotify and Apple Music and these other alternatives were taking too big of a cut. And so he launched his own competing music service to basically circumvent those intermediaries. And of course, that's to benefit all artists, but also himself, needless to say. That venture ended up being acquired by Block, the company formerly known as Square, which is founded and spearheaded by Jack Dorsey, who also co-founded and was the longtime CEO of Twitter, just to sort of tie this whole, you know, incestuous story together. But really rich people can just build alternatives or buy alternatives and circumvent the system in a way that we can't. The question is, with social media and even with a service like Tidal, can you bring consumers with you? Does anybody care? Or is the inertia too strong where you can be posting all day long in Parler, but nobody will see it? because the rest of us just aren't going to go there. And um, I don't know the answer, you know, but I do think that these platforms are not as solidified 
as one might believe. TikTok is a clear example of this. Seemingly out of nowhere over the last couple of years, TikTok has really, really become a mainstay of social media in the U.S. and around the world. And there's no reason that the next TikTok couldn't be owned by a single billionaire. I am curious to see where all of this lands, but one major theme of 2022 is this idea of billionaires buying social media platforms or building social media platforms. There's also Rumble, which is a video platform with heavy investment from people like Peter Thiel, also to carry you know, right-wing conservative viewpoints that maybe would not be allowed on the other platforms. And um, even that framing is just wrong, though, because right-wing viewpoints are, of course, allowed on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. But right-wing here is really sort of a misnomer for something else, a place where hate and violence, you know, the Internet's a big place. Like, trolls are going to troll and hate people are going to find other hateful people and there's nothing really preventing that from happening. In fact, that's why the First Amendment exists, right? Because the government certainly can't say that these sorts of platforms should not exist unless they are directly inciting violence or other things that do violate even the First Amendment. And the last thing I want to mention is just, you know, how did Ye end up with these viewpoints in the first place? And of course, I don't know, but I think just because you're super, super rich and famous doesn't mean you're immune to the trappings of internet conspiracies. And in fact, I would imagine that being that rich and famous is very isolating and makes you very paranoid anyway, not to mention whatever mental health conditions he's suffering from. And so... You can sort of imagine how someone could go down these rabbit holes and subscribe to these views, these sort of hate vortexes. These are ideas that could spread to anybody. And there's certainly sort of a feeling that these are uneducated people that get trapped in these sort of um, cycles online. But, you know, Kanye West is worth $2 billion or something, and he's just as likely to get sucked in, if not more. And, and he can take a lot of people with him. I will say that very, very rich men do not like to be silenced. I don't want to give them any business, but if you're interested, check out Parlor. It's fascinating to just briefly drop in to one of these alternative sorts of services and just see what's going on there. And it's good to be aware of your surroundings, not just your own little bubble. I'm Paul Canetti. I'll see you next week for more tech news for MBAs. This is a really good podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs>